take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Gotta get it done. No time for fun now. Take me back. All right, all right. Welcome, welcome. Mike Young here. Stories that need to be told. Uh, boxing is on everyone's mind. We lost the greatest of all time recently. I've been talking about boxing, you know, from some of the other podcasts. I'm a fanatic. I thought I was going to be a boxer until I realized I couldn't take a punch at a very early age. And uh, in the studio today is Gabriel Rosada, professional fighter. I don't even want to say turned actor because he's still about the fight game. Yeah, Welcome, man. man. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. From Philadelphia, originally from Philly. Yeah, yeah North Philly. Yep. Fought home, Triple home G. Joe, Joe Frazier. Home of Frazier, home yeah. of infamous gym wars that yeah. were obviously before your time, but I assume the Philly gym war tradition continues on. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, when they when they talk about Philly gym wars, they're just talking about basically sparring sessions are basically feel like championship fights. Yeah, man, it's crazy because you know you go different places and then you realize how rugged Philly Philly is. Because uh, I thought that was normal, and right? And you know I do camps in, in other places. I don't want to name names because I want to. <laughs> Yo, you, you don't want to say who the soft camps are. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I'm like, man, why these dudes ain't why these dudes ain't going hard? Like, what the hell? I mean, I'm like, it's, it's crazy. Like, And then the, the trainers will be like, because they're just working on things. I'm like, what? And you, and it's like, you know, you trying to take the guy's head off. And that's why you didn't start, you didn't turn pro to what, till you were 18? No, or you didn't start I, fighting I start, till you were 18? I started boxing at 18. Yeah, I mean, that's and, yeah, and not went, young to start fighting. Yeah, and then I went pro at 19. So I was pretty much learning on the job. But you go through Philly gym wars, and you're yeah, yeah. probably advanced. Like yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Like yeah. you're going to war every day yeah. when most of these kids are still learning. You know the left jab. Yeah, and you know the the the, 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 the wars is good because it, it builds character, and then you see where you see what the fighter um is really made of. But eventually, you know, you smarten up and you start learning certain you know tactics and tricks of how how to avoid you know. Where you're the one giving the punishment, not taking the punishment, you know. Right. But you want to see what a fight is made of, because you know a guy could talk, you know, he wants to be a champion and this and the third, and then he catch a bloody nose and you don't see him in the gym the next day. Right. You know, so you you see what a guy's made of once he goes to some gym wars, you know. There's no more real test than boxing. I oh, mean, yeah. God bless the MMA and all no, the mixed martial arts, but man on man with only your fists. That's it. No, That's the testament. And it's, it's a crazy. mental game. Yeah, yeah. I'm 30 now, man. But I remember when I was younger, it was like, whatever, right? And then I look at it now, and I'm like, man, I'm in a crazy-ass sport. Because it hurts more now. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're starting to feel when it you're more? 30, you feel the aches, man. It's like, it ain't the same, you know. It's, just, it's a lot harder to get up from the bed. You know, yeah. it's like, damn, you realize, like, man, this is some crazy. I'm, I'm in a crazy-ass sport. Do you feel like... <clears throat> do you feel like now, because you're getting a little older and you're feeling the aches a little bit, do you feel like your mental game is starting to take over more than your physical game? Not that you don't have to be in crazy physical shape, but are you now starting to see, like, oh, maybe I could sit back a little bit and I don't need to take that punishment and let me figure out a new way, like well, an old Michael Jordan, you know what I mean, like no, when he was I, playing? Yeah, I think what I do now is I think about being uh, smarter. So, you know, think you know, it's just about being smarter. You know, uh, if I could win a fight on the jab, just stick to the jab. You know, the last guy I fought, he was uh, it was last week at StubHub. He was from Tijuana, 
Yeah. You know, th- those tough guys from Tijuana, man, they ain't no joke. I, I hit him with everything. He didn't go down. They went the whole 10 rounds. You know, I won a, a unanimous decision, but, man, I hit him with everything, man. But, you know, I tried to, I, I fought a, a smart fight, you know. So uh, that's what you just got to do. You know, when I was young, I just did, like, uh, scrap. Right. You know, but uh, you got to be a little smarter now. Did you know, did you study him before you went in, knowing how tough this kid was? I, I saw some clips of, of him, and actually he, the day, the day of the fight, he was a lot better than the clips. Really? Cause, uh, Man, he eclipsed you know, the clips. Because, um, <laughs> you know, I, I was a name for him. You know, he was a prospect coming up, and, you know, never been in, in a big fight. So um, he he came ready, man. Like that dude came game. Right. Came so you can fight. you can officially say he surprised you yeah. a little bit. Well, he caught me with a good shot in the fourth round. I I, I took a seat in the fourth round. I'm I'm on the ground like what the this is <laughs> supposed to be a tune up. What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but because uh, you know in, in boxing, you know they they call them tune up fights when they you know if you're fighting tough fights, then they give you a guy that you know you should look good. I don't believe in tune-up fights because you never know with these you guys. Never know. I, I used to be the guy that was supposed to be the tune-up for the other guy. I remember that. You know, I remember I fought Kasinuma, yep. former world champion. You know, he has a, a crazy story. You know, he was uh, from Africa. Yeah. Um, uh, what do they call that? Um, Tr- uh, the, chi- one, one of the tribes, or no, no, he was um, a, a war warlord, uh, or like as, a... as a child. Like so he, he was ran, one he of the ran little... an army at like at eight right. years old. It was crazy. Yeah, man. So anyway, I fought him, and uh, I fought him on a two two week notice, and I was the tune up guy. But yep. I pulled the upset, but it was tough as shit. After you pulled that upset, did you feel the career start to change? Like all of a sudden, there's now they're shifting oh, yeah, gears. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah. Gabriel's not the tune up dude. Now he yeah. gets a chance to shine. Yeah. It's like back in the day when James Tony beat Michael Nunn. Oh, yeah. James Tony was supposed to be the dude that Michael Nunn was gonna exactly. beat. Tony caught him on a knockout. Uh, uh, Next thing you know, boom, off to the happens. races. In boxing, it's like that. Remember, remember Carlos Baldemir? Yeah, I know the remember name. He, I can't he, remember he, the he had about, career. He had about like 10 losses, and then next thing you know, he knocks out Zab Judah. Yeah. And then he comes and he beats uh, Gotti, and then he gets the big fight with Floyd. He lost to Floyd, but yep. he was on a run. Right. So you know what happens, man. I like that. I was re- I was reading where you want to be that dude who's got a oh, couple yeah, losses. Yeah. You've taken, what, yeah, seven, yeah. six, yeah, yeah, seven yeah, losses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know now you're now you're on that road where you yeah. feel you can go get that championship. Yeah, without a doubt, you know it's just about you know I was telling uh, I was telling D um, that you know I think in boxing when guys take losses, you know they make a big deal when a guy takes a loss, right? Right. But the thing is, so what happens is that gets in guys' heads. So when a guy gets a couple L's, he starts he puts his mindset as a as an opponent now. Yep. And then now he's probably not working as hard as he should be working. Or he's probably not looking at tapes. Okay, well, how can I get better? He starts, you know, doubting himself. And then that's how guys start falling off. Where me, I'm more like, man, what can I do to get better? Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna get Fernando Vargas as a trainer now, former yep. world champion. He knows what it takes to get to that level. He can show me some things. I'm going to get this strength coach now. I'm going <clears> to <throat> eat healthy. You know, I'm going to work on things because uh, I think it would be great, you know, to, to gain a world title where people look at your losses and that's what they, you know, they don't expect something like that to happen. It's a great story. Plus, when you look back, you'll be able to say, yo, I left it all on the field. Oh, right I wasn't about. drinking. I wasn't, yeah, you know what I mean? I right wasn't about. mediocre. Right I, I left it all. I, I went as healthy as I could. Yeah. I got as strong as I could. Yeah, I yeah. did everything I could. Like, if you're going to go for it, why not go for it? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. It's kind of like, you know, the the real-life Rocky type thing, you know? Yeah. You know? 
So Are you well, kidding? I was yeah. in film school and they're like going around the class. Everybody's like, you know, what's your favorite movie? And all these nerdy film kids are like, Bicycle Thief and <laughs> they, uh, naming all this shit I actually never heard of. And I'm, uh, they get to me and I'm like, Rocky. And I swear to God, my class laughed at me. Like it's they crazy. laughed. I was like, I was ready to fight the whole class. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rocky's, you know, I think it won you know, a few Academy Awards. I mean, best Rocky picture. is, yeah, it won Best but, Picture. Know, but, yeah. Come on. And that's, and that's, um, that's a pretty accurate movie. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Are you kidding? Stallone yeah. was about to get sued from uh, uh, <laughs> Chuck Wepner yeah, over yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I thought he took settled. a story. Did they settle? <laughs> I think so. Good. I, I, You know, boxing's so interesting, man. I told you, you know, my dad was good friends with Emmanuel Stewart, and I know, I've know i seen fighters throughout their lives, and, you know, I grew up with Tommy Hearns' brothers. His, oh, I went right, to school yeah. with his little brothers. Okay. And, like... You know, you hate to see fighters financially not doing well yeah. later in life after yeah. they've done so well. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Tommy's still doing fine. He's okay. But you see a lot of these stories yeah. where it's like dudes made a few million. Yeah, it's crazy. And what is it with the fighter's lifestyle mm -hmm. that that sends you there? Like, I think what it is is fighters don't educate themselves on how to manage their money, you know? And it's like, you know, boxing is uh, is a shady business, bro. So, shady as hell. You know, a guy could be making a $10 million purse, but he got some people around him taking taking money off the top and percentages and things like that. Right. It's, it's a shisty business. For sure. It's not, it's not like the NBA or, the, or, or baseball or anything like that where it's, you know, as a sanctioned body or anything like that. It's right. different, man. It's like the most unorganized sport. Yeah, it's crazy. It's and it crazy. never gets organized. It's like and the mob. It's gangster. It's, I mean, back in the is. day, it really was the mob. You know, I'm, I'm the fighter that promoters, managers really don't, you know, they like me, but they don't because they know I'm on top of my shit. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm right. that guy. I'm always asking questions. I, yeah. You know, I don't I don't sign anything without a lawyer. I'm, I'm, I'm on top of my shit. Hell yeah. So I'm that dude where it's like, you know, I'm a pain in the ass. Be a pain like, in the ass. But I'm going to be that guy, you know, because... Uh, is a, is, a, is a hard sport, so you got to be on top of your finances. Be a pain in the ass. I remember, you know, Tommy Hearns had told me a story one time where he was waiting on Don King to wire the money for one of the Sugar Ray fights yeah. into his account, and he was sitting in his locker room, and he wasn't coming out for the fight until the money was in the <laughs> bank. And literally, that shit was not... It, it Finally, obviously, it got into the account, <laughs> and he came out, but he was willing to not fight. So... Yeah. It's always that behind-the-scenes shit that yeah. that amazes me and like interests me in boxing. Yeah, yeah. Yo, so so before you before you started fighting, were you just scrappy ass kid in Philly, just getting in trouble? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're tatted up, bro. I mean, those are good looking, great Thanks, tattoos. Man. Yeah. I waited till I was 18 to get tatted. My mom Did you? I gotta wait till I'm 18. And then at 18, you're like, yo, I'm just yeah, and I went just I went paint hand. the whole shit. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I, I I scrapped a lot, man. And Philly's a tough city, you know. And um, you can't you can't let anyone see that you know you're soft or anything like that. It'll take advantage of you. So um, I fought a lot, and I was good. I was yeah, yeah I was really good at it. So um, at 18, I said, man, this time I gotta I gotta do something with my life. So I was a big fan of boxing. Yep. And um, I said, man, I need to go to the gym, and that's what I, I start I started looking for gyms online, and, and um, I found a gym that was literally like around the corner from my house. It was the rec center. Yep. And I went in the gym with a basketball. I had a basketball in my hand. And the guy was like, man, you're too old, man. You're 18. Stick the basketball. And I'm like, damn. That's so all I, I had to say. I walked out of the gym, and the guy that, you know, I was with him for about 10 years, who started me from the from the, uh, from the the beginning, um, he ran outside, and he said, look, if you're serious, come back tomorrow. And, that's, and it took off from there. You were hooked. Yeah, yeah. 
And within a couple months, had a couple amateur fights, like 11, and then I went pro line 19. Damn. I yeah. mean, that's a fast, that's fast. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty fast. Yeah, so you must have been good with your hands in the streets early. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you were already, yeah. you know, I don't know if you were shadow boxing at home as a, as a 10-year-old. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, like, you must have known I something. To, I, I mean, it was, uh, I'd watch Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. Right. And I beat the shit out of my pillow after the movie. Right. right. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So it was just, like, the Bruce Lee movies and shit. I was that kid. I, I, saw, I saw those movies, man. I'd, I'd be amped. Right. So, um... My mom, when she bought the big, uh, I'm Puerto Rican, so you know we grew up on rice and beans. She bought the big rice bag. I beat the shit out of the rice bag, and then I was leaking. My mom screaming at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's your home Rocky. Yeah, the yeah, rice bag yeah. was was right. Was your uh, Rocky hit the hit the sides of yeah, beef? Yeah. You were hitting rice. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's so, funny. So yeah, it just took off from there. It turned pro like 19, man, and you know pretty much was just learning on the job. Yo, I always tell people, and I I boxed amateurs when I was 15, 16 years old, 17 years old, and I, there's something strange about, there's something beautiful and, like, addicting when you get in the ring and you start sparring. And you yeah. start, once you, once you relax mm -hmm. and get into it, yeah. there's just something, I don't know, man, there's something that just hooks you. Yeah. Because otherwise you're like, why would I do this sport yeah. where yeah, I'm just taking shots to the head? Yeah, you gotta love it. And I, I think I've told this story before, but, uh, I was in the I was in the gym in Detroit, uh, outside of Detroit, and Jackie Callen was managing James Tony at the time, okay. and I knew oh, yeah, her Jackie. kid. Yep. So James was he was mean man. He was straight up just a mean dude. He wasn't a mm -hmm. nice guy. James, if I see you, we're good. But like yeah, yeah, he yeah. was not like a yeah. friendly dude in the gym. Mm -hmm. So his trainer Bill Miller was like, he was about to fight this dude Murky Sosa, and this is like 15, 16 years ago. And I happened to be built like Murky Sosa. I just had the long arms and yeah. kind of whatever. And Bill Miller was like, yo, Mike, go in there, and James is just going to work on his defense. <laughs> he's like, just start throwing at it, throw with him. He's just, he's, he'll take it easy on you. So my dumb ass, I get in the ring with James Tony, who's already just mad, you know what I mean, just because I'm white and just <laughs> in the ring with him. And next thing I know, he's hiding behind that shoulder, and pop. He hits me with a jab, bro. And I swear to God, I say it to this day, like... I tasted blood, but there wasn't blood. So I'm like, yo, maybe my brain is bleeding down into my mouth and it's just still going through my body because I tasted full blood and it was pretty much that moment where I was like, and listen, we, I didn't punk out right away. Yeah. I, I did go a couple rounds with them. Yeah. Finally got a little loose, but I pretty much knew right then and there that just, I don't have the head for boxing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, you know, you gotta, you know, early on as a fighter, mm -hmm. if you got it. Yep. It's like you see a lot of, and you're listening. You're now you're acting. You're getting acting roles, and like yeah. you're doing your thing on both sides. You see a lot of actors love boxing, mm -hmm. but you're like, you're an actor, bro. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, God bless Mickey Rourke. I saw mm -hmm. he had a fight in Miami one time in like the early 2000s or 1999. <laughs> and, but let's let's be real. Yeah. There's a difference between a real fighter and an actor who yeah. really really loves boxing. Yeah. But there is. I don't know. There, there's a weird, there's a weird dis, uh, fascination no, with crazy. boxing amongst yeah. actors. Mm -hmm. I wonder what that is. How'd you get into acting? The act, acting. Um, I just uh, I met with some people out here in LA about two years ago, and they told me, you know, I got to look to, you know, for movies and things like that. And I'm like, mm, okay. And they're like, look, man, you know, I can get you connected with some people. You know, you should come out here. And I said, all right. So I made the move like within a month. Because I'm, I'm a, I'm a go-getter. Like, you know, if I see if there's an opportunity, I go for it. Yep. So I said, okay. So I moved out here. Really didn't work out with those people, but I um, 
I, I met some other people that, you know, I got cool with in the business. And then uh, this guy, uh, Rob, he told me, um, yo, you got this you got this look for this movie Creed. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to put you on. And I'm like, man, this is how you crazy. Here, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then next thing you know, a week later, he really made it happen. I, I'm I'm in the studio with Michael B. Jordan and uh, and Ryan Cooler, the 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 director, and um, we just hit it off, and that's how I got the part. And I was like, it's crazy. I moved to L.A. to get into acting, and the role I get is a Philadelphia fighter. It's crazy, right? <laughs> I love. I mean, that's 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 a perfect story. Of yeah, course, man. it's gonna make one million actors upset yeah. all around town. <laughs> but yo, learn how to yeah. box, fellas. <laughs> yeah, man. So you know, the movie was great, man. We you know it was in my hometown in Philly. I was I was shooting out there for about a month, you know, and uh, it was great, man. And, you know, the the whole cast was cool. Uh, S- Stallone, man, he's like down to earth. Yeah, man, he, I, I love talking boxing with him. You know, he sparred with Joe Frazier. He he said Joe Frazier cut him in the first round in a sparring session. I believe it. Um, because he was auditioning for the for the Rocky film. Oh, really? So they, sp- they were sparring, filling each other out, and Frazier hit him with a hook, and cut uh, cut Stallone. And uh, he told me that he was actually telling me that he was thinking about doing a professional fight until he sparred with Roberto Duran. You don't want to spar Roberto Duran, <laughs> he bro. Said, He'll throw you off a building. He said uh, Roberto Duran's hands were so fast that he was like, yeah, this ain't for me. <laughs> Similar stories. I got to yeah. go write my Rocky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was a great experience, man. It was a great experience, you know. And um, from there on, you know, the movie did great. And then uh, and then I did Kingdom as well. Um, it's an it's a MMA uh, fight uh, fighting show. It's, it's really good. Did you have to show. learn MMA stuff for that one or no? Yeah, you just, yeah, did yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, me and... Uh, uh, my scene was with Nick Jonas, where we were on the ground grappling and all that shit, man. It was right. <laughs> it was like, and the shit is hard. This shit ain't easy. It was my first time doing stuff like that. So you know, yeah, you're not used a, to being a, in a headlock. Yeah, we had a real MMA fighter, you know, putting us, you know, putting us in leg locks and shit like that. And then the next day, my ankles were hurting. I was right. like, damn. <laughs> so it ain't no joke, but um, it, it's fun, man. You know, I'm. I'm enjoying it. I think you know it's something I definitely want to do. Like you know, the acting as far once I'm you know re- decide to retire from boxing is something I really want to get into. Did they have you with a co- acting coach, or they just said, "Yo, you're a natural fighter"? What are they going to do with a coach? You're already you already you're already the role. Yeah, yeah. What are they going to do? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, do they, um, do they have somebody with you? Well, I have an acting coach now, so you okay. Know, yeah, I'm learning now. But um, at the time uh, for the movie, you know, it was pretty much natural to you know just uh, you know play a Philly yeah, fighter, play a Philly fighter, you know. So, yeah. I liked Creed a lot. I actually liked it a lot. I thought it was a great oh, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, great movie. Yeah, the, fight, was... the fight scenes are insane. And my, yeah. my fight scene with Michael was a fight scene that's never been done before because our, our scene was one take as far as, you know, just one camera. Yeah, I saw so that. So wasn't, it wasn't like cut and then you go from another angle, another angle. It was, um, you know, from the first round, it's, it's one camera. So you got to make sure you're throwing the, the, the punches at the at the right time. Yep. And then, you know, it goes when the round's over, it goes to the camera, moves over to the corner. And then, you know, it was pretty cool, man. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I was the choreography for that? Was it was it long? I mean, was that like were you was that like learning yeah. a, a serious routine? Yeah. Because I saw there's video of Stallone showing uh, uh, Apollo Creed. Um, what's the actor's name? Uh, Carl uh, Weathers. Carl Weathers. There's yeah. a whole video of him showing 
doing the choreography choreography for all the Rocky rounds. Yeah. And that's when I first was like, Stallone's a genius. He oh, yeah, literally yeah, yeah. choreographed that shit down to the punch. <laughs> and he was it was like a dance routine. It was amazing. Yeah. Was it did you guys have a choreographer, yeah. fight dude, like yeah, yeah. with you? We did it for mapping about, it out. We did it for about a month. So me and Michael every day, probably sometimes two times a day, we'd meet up and we'd do us do the scene. And um and especially since it was just one camera. You know, right. it made it more where it had to be done like perfect. Exactly. You know? Right. So I think the day of shooting, I think it took us like it was like ten hours. I was tired as shit. Like, yeah. damn. Yeah. <laughs> Fake You're... fighting ain't easy. <laughs> <laughs> Fake fighting is yeah. difficult as hell. <laughs> so I was I like, fake fight. But, but Stallone came up to me in the corner, right? And he, he knew I was tired because it was like hours of shooting. And then he was like, look, just make sure you do every take like it's your last take because you never know which one they're going to use. Yep. So you don't want to look at it and be like, damn, I wish, you know. So I was like, damn, that's. So, you that's know, wisdom, you just gotta, man. Yeah, you just got to, you know, chalk it up. But you know Stallone, he he he'd help us with the with the choreographed scenes and stuff like that. He come in the ring, and I'm like, this shit is crazy. Like I'm in the ring with Stallone slash Rocky, legend. <laughs> you know, being a part of this film that, you know, I'm from Philadelphia, man. So like Rocky is, is the crazy. statues yeah. there. You the probably grew, you probably there. ran the stairs when you were a kid. Yeah, man. You know, you, you always do that. So it's like it's crazy, man. So it was a great experience, man. Yo, after Rocky, I came outside and challenged everybody to fight at the parking lot of the movie theater. Like, if that yeah. movie did not get you ready to fight, nothing would. Yeah, like, man. I don't even know a movie that's done that yeah. since. Yeah. You come out of Rocky, you're like, I actually can fight, yeah. and where are we doing this? Yeah. That's crazy, man. So, um, yo, so we're, we're, Gabe and I were talking in the hallway, and I didn't realize because it wasn't in my notes, but I probably should have. I got moved out of my apartment yesterday. <laughs> they had found mold in my shit. They put me upstairs with no internet. I'm being moved around. Bottom line is I had no internet, so I didn't even know you fought Triple G. Oh, yeah. But I always, I always look at boxing and I always go, man, like there's, always, there's like a kid, there's always like a kid in your neighborhood who's way stronger than every kid in the neighborhood. It's just he's that way from birth. It's not like he lifted weights. It just doesn't. It's just he's got some kid has just like freakish strength. <laughs> and I always, you know, watching Triple G, he's pretty much, you know, sh everyone he's fought, he seemed like he just kind of yeah. overpowered him. Yeah. Heavier hands, body shots. When you fought him, did you feel that? Or not? No, yeah, I, he definitely felt stronger um, at the time because uh, I was actually moving up in weight class. So you I were came, what? You were one fifty four. Yeah, I was at fifty four at the time. I actually was uh, ranked number one at fifty four. I actually gave up my number one ranking to then move up the middleweight and fight Triple G, who everyone was avoiding. Right. So um, I just want to know how does that meeting go down? Okay, so like they come <laughs> to you, they're like, "Yo, we're gonna you're, you're ranked number one." Yeah. But if you want to fight Triple G, you got to give up your number one ranking. Yeah. What do you say? As a, I know because you, you got like business mind on you, so you're like, all right, let's well, forget offered, all this. Well, they offered me an amount, and I said, well, make it double, and then I'll turn down my, my number one record. So that's pretty much how it happened. So, you, you know? yeah, that's a great negotiation. So, yeah. So, um, <laughs> I got to start doing that. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but you know, I, I was, ex you know, I was excited about fighting for the middleweight title. You know, it's like the middleweight title is like right behind the heavyweight championship. For you know sure. You're talking about history. You know, you're talking you're, Hearns, yeah, Hagler, exactly. Leonard, Duran, all exactly, the greatest. Exactly. So it's like, you know, the middleweight champion is big. So, you know, it didn't, it didn't work out. It wasn't my time, you know. But it, Triple G was knocking everybody out, putting everyone to sleep. You know, my fight got stopped on cuts. Yep. So I'm, I'm proud to not 
hit the canvas. Hell yeah! In, in, our, in our fight, you know, because uh, what he, round did it, did uh, they stop it? Um, I think it was the eighth. Um, I, I actually got cut in the second round, and then uh, within like the fourth round, I had three cuts over the same eye. It was my left eye. It was my lead eye. Yeah. So um, I just man, I just couldn't see. So you know, I was fight. I was fighting him. I, yeah. I, I probably a lot of people say that um, that I gave him his best fight. Yep. So so then so now so um, you know it was a competitive fight. It was just you know once it got into like the sixth round, man, it was so much blood that I just couldn't see. Yeah. But, um, it was actually it's actually a fight that it's funny in defeat. It kind of made me popular because everybody was it was like a Gotti type of fight. Yeah. You know you know everyone loves Gotti. He wasn't undefeated, but Gotti fought through everything you know cuts whatever it was cuts so, being um, unconscious while standing yeah man so it, it's funny it's like i, I got you know it's like that fight kind of was like the one that made me it was crazy because after that then i fought for the ch- uh, title uh, against quillen who a lot of people had me winning the fight and then yeah. it got stopped on you know yep i felt like it was more politics and why it got stopped but it is what it is Yo, it's like, what is the answer to get getting some organization in boxing? I think it's just never going to happen. It's the, it's it the oddest it thing. It just is what it is. It is, it is what it is, man. It's Dudes like, are matchmaking. Especially, especially now. It's even, I think it's, more, it's, it's harder now because now you have so many. You got Golden Boy, then you got Top Rank, and then you got, um, you got Al Heyman. Right, and you 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 got the networks now, so many different networks. So now this fighter fights for this network only, and this fighter fights for this network only. So it's like you know, so it's difficult, man. It's tough, man. It's it's and boxing's been like that forever, and it's it's funny because I used to watch, you know, I was a fan, obviously, of Mike Tyson coming up, right? Yeah. So if you're really studying watching Mike Tyson, and you know they 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 deemed him a superstar from the get go, so yeah. they were gonna make a star out of him, yeah. no matter what you think of his boxing ability. Yeah, I yeah. think he was a great fighter. I don't even know if he's in my top ten yeah. of all time, but I'm just saying. But what I did notice was. Everybody was afraid of him coming mm-hmm. up. Like the first 10, 15 dudes yeah. were terrified. And he was knocking you out on fear. Yeah, yeah. But then I remember seeing him fight Tony Tucker from Detroit, who was yeah. a big 6'4 heavyweight with no fear. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, they kind of, listen, they kind of gave Tyson dudes that he was going to beat uh-huh. for a long, and they built him up uh-huh. strong. But then when he fought Tucker, and Tucker caught yeah, him with yeah. an uppercut kind of early, semi-early in his career, yeah. and it was like a third round, and he shook him. And it was the first time anybody yeah. had ever seen Tyson get shook. Uh-huh. And it makes you go, number one, no one's invincible. And number yeah. two, they kind of, it's a business. Yeah. So... He was the dude. He was Kid Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. gonna they're gonna pad him all, all the way up. You know what I mean? But and Tyson Tyson's still great because you know to this day, who don't know Tyson? Most excited exactly, in my you know? time of life, he's the most exciting fighter that you want. He wanted. was the guy making the forty million dollar purses before before Floyd with no socks. Yeah, he was the he was the he was the money man before you know. Yep, he started it. Yeah. Beyond he, I mean, look, they said he made three hundred million. I, you know, I've even read half half a billion. I've even read like he made up to yeah. a shitload of money. It's crazy. Then you're just thinking, what the hell did you buy Tigers. that you got no more money? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, the, like when you go down like that, like how many car? Who knows, man? Tyson, he's like to me, he's he's still one of the most fascinating characters yeah. because I always say this: like you don't find characters like you do in boxing. Yeah. Dudes with history. Well, he, I think dudes with just, story. I think he's he's getting into the acting stuff. I think he landed like a big role. He, he should. Know what movie it is, but, but he yeah. should. He's yeah. dope. 
His one man show, you know, there were moments of a little bit unorganized, whatever. But his one man show was great. Yeah. Tyson's a talented dude, and he, yeah. he's a smart dude. Yeah. Like you listen to him talk about the history of boxing, yeah. he knows his shit. No, yeah, he definitely does. Like he was a crazy, crazy student of the game, mm -hmm. but complex character, man. Yeah. Cry and then eat your ear off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Weep and then put you to sleep. Just like a dynamic, complex dude. Mm -hmm. I was, I always wonder why. Like, and I, and I say it again. You know, MMA is big. But I do not believe you're ever going to have an MMA guy fighting for a $40 million purse. No. I don't ever see it happening, ever. I don't care. There's just too many ways to get beat up. There's just too many ways to get knocked. Yeah. You're not going to have an undefeated dude for 55 fights. Mm -hmm. I don't see it happening. That's why I don't I, think, you know, I'll I probably get choked out one of these days because if I keep talking about how much I like boxing more than <laughs> MMA, but it's all you good. Know, I, I respect MMA. I totally. Respect MMA. I watch the big, the big, big fights. I watch them. I mean, I just I'm just not a fan of being on the ground. Me either. Yeah, I yeah. never liked the headlock from when I was five. You <laughs> know what I mean? You put me in a headlock, I'm panicking. I'm calling in relatives. I'm going under. Like I had I'm one. I'm getting disqualified. You put me in a headlock. I'm biting the shit out of you. I'm biting the shit out. No <laughs> doubt. No, you're getting bit. Full inner. Yeah, you're getting your bicep eaten. I don't like being choked. I yeah. don't like being, you know, I had my boy who's like is into that. And before I used to open in comedy for Joe Rogan, who's the announcer. Yeah, yeah. And he's real. He knows this. He's he's a he's like an expert at this yeah, shit. Yeah. But one of our other buddies, I was like, so what does it like kind of like feel like to get choked out a little bit? Like just show me lightly where how you do it. I swear to God. It was fucking Ari. My boy Ari Shafir was like a com Jewish comedian, you know what I mean, who looks like a rabbi. <laughs> and he gets behind me and he like puts me in like one of these little chokeholds and like starts putting the pressure on. But I started to go to sleep. Like I had a quick early yeah. dream, like a real quick dream, <laughs> and then <clears throat> popped out of it. I was like, this shit is dangerous. No. Nah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Yo, to this day, is there anybody who who who's who's been your toughest fight? Who's been your toughest opponent? Toughest fight? Um, I would say I wouldn't say uh, it was tough as far as you know his, the skill level. I would say it was tough um, when I fought Lemieux, David Lemieux, because yep. uh, I I got a detached retina in that fight. Jesus. So I fought I fought through a broken orbital bone and a detached retina in that fight. So that was my toughest fight as far as. Really not. That was worse than the Triple G fight because the Triple G fight you could kind of like, you know, if you're bleeding, you could kind of just rub the blood off your eye. Yeah. You know, to get some vision. But as far as um the Lemieux fight, it was in the third round, and he threw a hook, and it just landed right, you know, right on the spot. And uh, damn, I felt something pop, and I took a knee to kind of like, you know, get my vision back because my vision immediately went. And I'm like, fuck, I can't see. And the ref's counting, and I hear the ref say eight. And by that time, I'm thinking I'm going to get my vision back because it happens in fights where you get hit with a certain shot and your vision gets blurry. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of got to, like, bounce around the ring and wait for your vision to come back. And then when, when it comes back, then you're good. Yeah. You know, you got to have, like, a, you got to play it out, right? So um, so I'm thinking that's what's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, you're going to get it and back. Shit didn't come back, man. <laughs> Yo, was so it? I'm like... I go back to the corner and they're telling me what to do and I come back and I and actually the round that I came back was probably my best round because I, I went balls out because I said, man, I don't know what's going on, but I'm, I got to try to hurt this guy right now. And it was actually my best round. Yep. And then I came back and they're giving me instructions and I pull them to the, I pull my trainer to the corner, like, you know, towards me because I don't want the commissioner to hear it. And I'm like, dude, I can't see. 
I'm blind. He's like, oh shit. So that was it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, yeah. So I fought. I fought the fight blind, man. So that was. It was just tough going through that. Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is like these are brutal facts. Yeah. You know what I mean? And by the way, like back in the day, like when Sugar Ray, when his well, Sugar Ray, he had, he had a detached right. Yeah, I don't know who who, in what fight it was, but it he, was. I want to say it was. I want to say it was Tommy Hearns okay. that that detached. I want to say that he took some time off before he came back to fight uh, yeah. Hagler. Yeah. And it was, yeah. Yeah, but then, but by the way, surgery is probably so much better and more advanced twenty years later yeah. that like. Well, I was lucky, because what happened? I didn't know I had a touch right now. I, mean, I was blind. I'm. Th- I know my orbital. Like bones blind, broke. black, nothing. Yeah, you're seeing just, nothing. I'm, I can't see. I, what, not not black. It's just blurry. Just right. Blurry. Damn. And um, so, you know, I go to the hospital. They do an X-ray. You know, broken orbital bone. But my mother was like, "We gotta go to an eye specialist tomorrow." on monday and i'm like i'm good man it's just the swollen she's like no no you gotta go that's a so good that's go. that's a puerto rican so mom like, right yeah, there. yeah so I, I i listen to mom and we go and they're like the doc's like you have a detached retina and he saved it right there he was able to do laser oh you know, wow technology is you know he, i didn't have to do surgery so right there on the spot he did like 14 he did 1400 hits around my eye with the laser so it's like kind of like stitching your eye back together jesus and shit hurt he says you, you he says usually he does like 500 hits. He yeah. did, he did 1400. It was crazy. So I'm like shit is just crazy. But um so like 2 weeks later my vision starts coming back and you know thank God I got my vision back, man. So let that be a lesson, kids. Listen to your mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a yeah, like I got a good Jewish mother. You and, got a good Puerto Rican mom right there. Yeah, She's yeah. like, "No, no, no. I'm not listening to this doctor. We're going Yep. We're gonna take a ride down to the eye specialist. Yeah, yeah man. Because because it, it, it would have been worse. You know what I'm saying? Then then you would have to do surgery. Maybe my career is done at that time. You know so. Yeah. Yeah, man. So good good thing we went right right away. Yo, is the pain from that? Is that real throbbing pain, or is it more you just can't see it's like and a, it's gone? It's like a, I got a heartbeat. It's like da, 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 da. you can feel it pumping, man. It's pretty. It's pretty intense. It's crazy. You talk so casually <laughs> about. <laughs> no, shit that I it's cry crazy. Over. It's crazy because um, it happened, and I fought that. That fight was in December, and um, and then I and then I got the the laser done, and and I fought again in April. So I, I probably didn't give myself enough time to recover. Right. Um. You know, but I'm I'm a fighter, man. Hell yeah. It's like you know, I fought the fight, but I fought it kind of tense. I didn't lose the fight, but I fought it kind of tense because I was like still worried about that that eye. For sure. But, you know, now it's, it happened back in 2014, so now it's like I don't even think about it now. Fully healed. Yeah. All good. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's that mental yeah, that it's gets like, you. It's like the next fight is, is kind of like, yeah, your mental is like, shit, man, I hope this shit doesn't happen again. Right. You're keeping yeah, that left yeah. hand up a little yeah. higher than you usually are. Yeah, exactly. A little more timid. Yep. Boxing is such a it's such a crazy sport, man. I always say it's like it's like why every great author has written books on boxing. There's just no better metaphor for life than than fighting. Yeah, just yeah. man on man, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just bizarre. Are you who manages you in for boxing? I'm self managed. Self managed? Yeah. Just you and your mom? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I, I, she'll, you got your lady. She'll, she'll give me some input, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm self managed, and you know, I talk with my lawyer, and we make sure we get things done right. That's it, man. Keep tr- just trim the fat, bro. You'll you'll be good for a just, long time if you like, keep it a light camp. Like, I just don't like um, boxing managers, you know. Right. I just, I just don't like them. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and it's like I'm smart enough to know 
you know, to I understand the business. Right. I know what's right. I know what's fair. So it's like, why do I got to pay another guy to tell me some bullshit? You know what I mean? That's how I feel about Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And, I had a, and the I, thing is, sometimes you need, sometimes you need people just for, you know, just because of the politics. Yo, you can go to Fernando Vargas and ask him. He's been through the wars. Yeah, He's yeah. been through the business wars, the gym wars. He knows yeah. that's that's a good dude to ask. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I got good people around me. You know, I talk. I got a good relationship with Bernard Hopkins. Yeah. And you know, he sat down with me. I've sat down with him for hours, and he's showed me contracts and. That's another smart and dude. Just puts yeah. yeah his story is amazing. Yeah, without a doubt. He's that, from Philadelphia too. His story is incredible. They had uh, uh the Netflix documentary. I th- it was called Fighters, and it was him, and yeah. it was uh, Tyson. Oh yeah, and champs. Champs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought out of all the stories, I, I and I'm sure somebody's already optioned the rights for his life, like his story, mm-hmm. because what he spent eight years in prison. Uh, five years. He went. He he went uh, seventeen. Yeah. He got out at twenty two. Yep. But he was so good at boxing in prison yeah. that he was whooping up everybody in the other prisons. Yeah. They would just put him on a bus yeah, and take him champion. to other. Yeah, he was a prison yeah. champ. They'd take him to another jail. He was, he was actually supposed to do 15 years, but he got off on good behavior. Yeah. Yeah. So boxing probably was, you know, the saved him. Saved him, yeah, without a doubt. But not just that. You know, I always look at him because that was obviously time off, you know what I mean? Like from beating up your body as a fighter. But he. I don't know, man. Bernard Hopkins to me is fascinating because he fought into his what's he forty seven years? How old no, is he right now? He's fifty one. Fifty one. So well, his last fight, how old was he? 50. Forty. He was fifty. And it was Kovalev. Yeah. Who's knocking everybody out? Knocking everybody out. Yeah. And by the way, Bernard he the in the twelve rounds in the in the last round, Bernard fought like came to life <laughs> out of nowhere in that last round, yeah. and he looked like he could do damage, but. That's like a testament to he's got to be a clean living dude like oh, without a doubt clean living yeah. like like you said you know yeah. that that story yeah, about I got you my, I got my cheat days man I, I got my cheat days I like to you know eat pizza every now and then have a cold beer yeah Bernard don't do that at all none I mean I remember when I was with him um, for the Kelly Pavlik fight yep he was forty six and he punished Kelly Pavlik and Kelly was like what twenty seven yeah twenty seven twenty eight years punished old punished him. He won that fight, and like we go to the we go to the hotel room, and everybody's like ordering chicken wings and whatever, and he orders pasta with just olive oil. He's like, no, no sauce on my pasta. I'm like, dude, you just want to yeah. fight, man? Just eat a pizza, man. <laughs> he's like, he's like olive oil only. I'm like, shit. I mean, you know, look, there's there's cases of dudes that were legends that didn't live clean. Like yeah. Roberto Duran was known. Yeah. He party, he blow yeah. up, he drink yeah. his beer, he would get fat yeah. in between fights, yeah. and yet still is one of the greatest fighters of all time. Yeah. And then you got the complete opposite, where Bernard and like Floyd, yeah. you know, you know, stays ready so he doesn't have to get ready. Yeah, yeah. And you, were, we were talking about that earlier. Like there is some and, psychoticness and you know, it's, to it. Is 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 um interesting because. Bernard, long career, you know what I mean? He's he's uh he has the um, the record for the most title defenses in the middleweight division and then you got Floyd and they live clean lives. But it's funny cuz it's hard for fighters to kind of live clean lives cuz we we come from the streets. Yeah. We come from the streets and you're surrounded like, by dirty like, shit all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> shit's coming at you. You don't got shit and then when you get so, when you, when you when you get a little money whatever, you you want to have fun. So yep. it's like, you know, most fighters I know like the I never seen nobody party like a fighter. Yeah, I've never seen a. I'm it's so you. funny because I. <laughs> I'm telling you, we, <laughs> yo, I used I, to. I, I'm telling you, man. I go out. I go out with my with my boxer boys, man. I'm not gonna say who, but they I go mean, hard. They go hard. They go hard, and it's just like I don't know, man. It's funny. 
that's just different personality quirks. You know what I mean? Like I always say, like I got friends that'll do like ultra marathons and I'm like, that's cool. But what are you running from? Like <laughs> you're running from something else. Like there is never a reason to run a hundred miles. You know what I mean? So, but Floyd, I mean, you know, what, what can you say? Floyd, yeah. you know, he lives a good life, you know, say what you want about his personality you know, in public. Of, a lot of it has to do with his upbringing. Like his father was really, really hard on him. Yeah, you know I'm saying his father was real, real hard on him. You know, yep. so it's like you know that's he embedded that in in his head. Right. You know, his dad was tough. His his uncle was tough on him. So you know, he was kind of like raised to be the the, the champion he is today. You yeah. Know, from from the beginning. Yeah, and and probably having that upbringing that he had, there's no he would never want a chemical to put him out of control at exactly. all. Like he wanted and, to keep control what, full. What, what brought his father down was was the drugs and things like that so that yep. that was probably a reason why he stood away from from alcohol and things like that too you know? yeah. yeah welcome to play it a new podcast network featuring radio and tv personalities talking business sports tech entertainment and more play it at play.it take me back when i was a kid never had to worry about I remember hearing about young Floyd Mayweather because I'm from Detroit and he was in Grand Rapids before he ever came down there. So they were like, you know, 45 minutes away. And you're like, and then I'd see his uncle, Roger, fight, you know, the, the Black Mamba. Yeah, yeah. He was whooping everybody's ass. He was a damn good fighter. And yeah, he would come in the ring with a with a Mexican sombrero. Yeah, yeah. He would call himself the Mexican assassin. Yeah. He, <laughs> he made a living out of just, be, he was beating up Mexican fighters. Yeah. Yo, culturally... I do believe there's different styles of fighters. Like Puerto Ricans, yo, you guys got your style. Yeah. Mexican fighters, when I, I went to college in Arizona and we st I started the Cronk West boxing out there yeah. in Tucson, and it was all Mexican fighters. And Mexican fighters, man, they just go at it. They don't stop. Yeah. They got their own. There is a distinct style yeah. that's, that's cultural. I don't know if it's culture-driven. Does that sound racist? Like Mexicans fight one way. <laughs> You know what I mean? No, it's, it's no. true. It's true. Mexican they fighters got their own are, style. are known for like coming head on, head on, just, just going at it. Puerto Rican fighters are more known for like boxing, being yep. on the toes, moving around. Yeah. Yo, was Trinidad? Where's Trinidad from? Felix Trinidad. He's from Puerto Rico. Yeah. yeah. He was one of my favorite fighters. Yeah. Stylistically, that's how I, yeah. I'd shadow box and try a, to look like him. Yeah, he was a knockout artist. Yeah. Artist. He. Heavy-handed, yeah. long, yeah. long reach. Yep, yep. I was a big fan of Trinidad. Did you have a favorite fighter growing up? Was there? Yeah, Tito, Tito T Trinidad. Oh, that yeah. was your favorite fighter too. Yeah, growing up. Yeah. Yeah, cause it, it was crazy. The house would be packed. It was like a big party when Tito fought. Right. You know, and when Tito fought, like I grew up in a Puerto Rican neighborhood, so the whole neighborhood's like, yelling. When Tito, when Tito won, everybody went outside, and it was like a big parade. That's know? amazing. So it was crazy, but but uh, when Bernard beat Tito. It was quiet. Quiet. <laughs> was, Nobody came out of the house. It was quiet, man. Bernard, Bernard broke a lot of people's hearts that day. You just heard all kinds of racist shit going on in everybody's house if you walked by. Oh, no, it was crazy. Well, a lot of... Little no, wars going yeah, on? It, it, it was some... I know because uh, what, what Bernard did to promote the fight was Bernard grabbed the Puerto Rican flag and he threw it on the floor. Oh, he right. He stepped on it. And they almost killed him in Puerto Rico. They start, you know, he got mobbed and the cops had to get him out of there. Yeah, so a lot of a lot of race riots broke out because of that, you know, with the with the blacks Puerto Ricans at that time. That was taking it too far, Bernard. Yeah, yeah he took it too far. He's such <laughs> he's such a smart dude. Like you know, he did that. Like you in know, his mind, he thought he was just doing some great promotion, like Muhammad Ali style. They had and to he, have the prisons in Philly. They had to have it on lockdown because it was like riots 
going down in the prisons and everything. The Puerto he, Ricans yeah, versus he, blacks. Yeah, he told me about it. They had to put lockdown in the prison. It was crazy. Yo, we gotta we gotta find out how to get the life rights to do the movie on <laughs> Bernard Hopkins. His yeah. his life his life is is bananas. Yeah. What did he go away for? Armed robbery. Yeah, yeah. Man, did you have any family members that were boxers or fighters or no? No, no. It was um, I'm the only one. I just, I just was. I, I, my family, no one was a boxer, but we were all, always into the Scrappy. big fights. Yeah, and we always watched the big pay per view fights. I remember watching uh, Tyson Holyfield the first time. Oh, I think yeah. that's when I really, <clears throat> that's when I really fell in love with boxing, because like uh, Tyson was the big, you know, everybody the beast. He, they thought he was gonna kill Holyfield. Yo, and I was then, at that fight. Yeah, oh word. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then Holyfield pulls the upset. Yep. And it was like it was it was crazy, and I remember that's when I first fell in. You're love talking about the fight where he, where he bit his ear? No, not that one. Okay, I was at the I'm ear biting. The first one. Okay, <laughs> he was out at the yeah. ear biting. Yo, <laughs> the bite heard around the world. Yo, is it true that the guy that found the ear, the, the the guy that was cleaning the ring, the guy that found the ear, like he he sold it for like thirty thousand? That's real. I mean, I don't think that's real because I you thought heard I, that story, right? I did hear that. Yeah, I heard that story, but that's I think right. I thought I saw. Bro, all I know is me and my brother were at the fight, and we're 30 rows back, and we're watching the fight. And there's, I mean, you see two heavyweights going at it, bro. It's heavy-duty shit. And you could see Tyson getting frustrated the whole time, and then you just, like, see him leaning on the ear for the first bite, and you're just, like, not sure what happened, and you just see, you see Holyfield cover up, right? And they start fighting again, and then he goes and he takes the real ear bite. And you just see Holyfield jumping up and down like crazy, yeah, like nah. he can't even believe what happened. They probably and thought he caught the Holy Spirit because you know he was all spiritual at the yeah, time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he was jumping. He was, he was jumping. Going at it. He was turning and everything. Yeah, it was crazy. But you know what though, I, I what what Tyson did was crazy. But I know in a way I I understand his frust- where his frustration came from because the thing is Holyfield had a big head, man. Hell yeah. And guys are just. The headbutts were vicious. Oh yeah, and he caught a couple of vicious headbutts, and he thought Holyfield was doing it on purpose. Which, but you should never bite a guy. But, you know, <laughs> you yo, should I never want that, bite I want, a guy. But I want but, that T-shirt. But he was frustrated. He was frustrated, man. He was frustrated. Them headbutts was vicious. Yo, it's it's, it's actually cool, true, man. I actually, I've, I've actually sat down with Holyfield. He's a, he's cool, man. Bro, I, I say it time and again. Stories for days. Stories for days. Yeah. And and Holyfield's one of the greatest warriors to ever fight. Yeah. I mean, he was not even a natural heavyweight. Yeah, he was fighting no, dudes he was when best. he was the he was the light heavyweight in the Holyfield division. In, Absolutely, in, in, in a heavyweight division. I mean, he went to war. His trilogy yeah. with if you watch the three fights oh, with, with Riddick Bow. Yeah, that was vicious. <sighs> That was just some yeah, yeah. epic shit that's going down in history oh. as one of the as the great what well, maybe the greatest trilogy in boxing yeah, yeah. besides Frazier Ali or yeah. uh, Barrera who who'd Barrera fight three times Barrera, Morales Eric Morales yeah yeah but the but Bo Hol, but Holyfield he was a different type of dude I yeah. mean he Man, he was a no joke when you're hurt like that because I always say like there's the one level where you're physically hurt and you're tired. Then there's the next level where I might die. Like I feel like I might die. And Holyfield, a couple times, he's looked like he was about to die. And yeah. from somewhere deep down, deep, deep, deep in his spirit, yeah. it's just like it's like a, I gotta believe it is some kind of it, it's a spiritual thing when yeah. a fighter is that down, that exhausted, nothing in the tank, yeah. and pulls pulls his energy out of yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, it's like some it's like another realm. Yeah, he was definitely one of my favorites. Yeah. Yo, when you're fighting and you're hurt. And is there like, like, like what's? I always want to know like what's going through a fighter's head 
when you're when you're just when you got nothing in the tank, but you know you gotta come you gotta yeah. come with it. Are you secretly sitting back taking crazy deep breaths and your opponent doesn't know it? Um, you know what I mean? Are you like sitting back the, like the thing is you and the guy are kind of going through the same shit. Right. So like let's say let's say, you know, you're going into the tenth round and this motherfucker got all this energy. Can I, can yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. You can curse. Right. <laughs> yeah. and this guy got all this energy, then it's like, oh damn. Oh damn! Like you know, this guy's like the energizer bunny here, you know. Yeah. But like, let's say you know, if if you're going into the tenth round, he's exhausted, you're exhausted. You know, you kind of going through the same feelings. So, I think you have to have that mentality of like, I have to outwill this guy because he's as tired as I am. Yep. You know what I mean? Or you, or if you give in, then he's gonna he's gonna outwill you. So it's a, it's a matter of will at that point because y'all both going through it. You know. You ever catch eyes with your opponent and you're just kind of looking at each other and you're like, yo, bro, you, you know how tired I am, right? Like, no, no. You, like, you is kinda, there ever that moment? Kinda, you don't have to because you kind of know how y'all feeling because, you know, in the clinches, you know, you know, he's breathing hard, you're breathing hard. Right. You know, so you're trying to sneak in some body shots in there and, you know, get him a little more fatigued. But um, if you get – but there's a difference when you get hit with a, with a hard shot and you're like a little uh, stunned. Then that's a different feeling. Cause that's like oh shit like, and it's there's like, you know, no you gotta, right. You gotta kind of like play it off like you're good. Right. It's funny. I get you know, I get frustrated watching the NBA finals when I see guys like they get tapped in the face and they're like fuck, they're like throwing themselves on the ground and they're screaming. They're like you seven foot, two hundred plus pounds, dude, stop. Right. <laughs> I mean, be a hockey player. <laughs> stop. Like uh, this guy yesterday. Did you see the foul? It was Smith. Who cr- the guy yeah. with the curly hair? Farage, yeah. Yeah, okay, Farage throws Farage. himself on the ground. And he's, I'm like, Come holding on, his man. ear. That's why everybody likes to throw him on the ground because he's got that like bitchy. Like, I have no problem reaction. with a flop. I have no problem with a flop. Right, he's you're right. But why why are you making faces like you're getting tortured here? You know what I'm saying? Like why is it that extreme? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's how he fell on the ground. He was like, it's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Farage has yeah. got some kind of like bitchy thing where you just kind of yeah. want to throw him on the ground he's like that kid in school you, you know what I mean <laughs> we're gonna throw you on the ground bro just for just to see your reaction you know what I mean yeah, you're probably a tattletale yeah, it's funny man but it's the total opposite with boxing it's like you get hurt it's like you gotta play that shit out like you can't show that you're hurt you know? yo but you know what's so funny is some fighters have a tell they got a face that they make when they're hurt that they pretend to not be hurt. Oh, yeah. I don't think there was any oh, yeah. better some fighters yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy Hearns every time he was hurt he would smile so he'd be like, ha, 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 and he's like, I'm fine, but you know he's out, he's done. Yeah. He smiled when Hagler knocked him out, he smiled towards the end of the Sugar Ray fight when he got knocked out, and Tommy would smile, but Tommy was also had the right hand that would be, yeah. that was like the hammer from Thor. Yeah, yeah vicious right hand. And I talked to, I remember, you know, I'd have conversations with Emmanuel Stewart, and he would tell me that when Tommy came in, you know, he met him as a kid. He was 15 yeah. years old coming in off the streets of Detroit. He was 6'3, 140 pounds. He was just a new, you know, he was just a stick. And he didn't know how to throw a right hand. And, and Emmanuel just turned that right hand into a whip and gave him arguably one of the greatest right yeah. that right hand, if you go watch tapes of him knocking out Roberto Duran, yeah, it it's vicious. Vicious. Yeah. vicious. Um. Man, boxing has the greatest stories, and I was like, you know, because I got to know, I got to know Emmanuel. I heard a lot of stories, and I'll share one with you. And I won't even bring up the fighter's name, but he was Emmanuel. You know, he was loved by all the dudes he trained, and yeah. he, he loved those dudes, and he treated them like his kids. 
But there was one, there was a Mexican fighter that he was working with for a long time who was having some issues, some drug problems, this and that. And Emmanuel and his camp called Emmanuel and they're like, yo, he respects you, man. You need to come down here to Mexico and see what's going on, like straighten this whole thing out. And Emmanuel goes down to Mexico City and he's, you know, this is in the late 80s maybe. And he goes down to uh, Mexico City. So there's no, you know, there's no travels easy. And plus he's kind of famous. And so he goes down there, and he gets down there, and the fighter's kind of on the couch, kind of maybe nodding off with some drugs, and, you know, yeah. he's in bad shape. And he's got his boys around him and his handlers, like, and Emmanuel's like, you know, Emmanuel, he was gangster. He was the nicest guy ever, but yeah, believe yeah. me, when you're that around that many people in that world, you got, you know people. Yeah. So he cleared everybody out, you know, got everybody out, and he got his boy into rehab, and he, you know, he got him clean, took him to a spot in Mexico City, that you know he knew a doctor he knew a rehab facility started started to get him clean he goes back to the house to get his bag he picks up like a louis vuitton his what he thinks is his luggage he takes the wrong bag he gets to the airport they check his shit he's got three kilos of cocaine oh shit in a bag <laughs> and obviously because they know who he is and they know it's just a it's just a mistaken bag That's crazy. nobody ever heard about it but Obviously, they they were already fans of his at the airport, and they let him go. And he obviously, the drugs stayed where they stayed. But like those were the kind of stories that I thought like, no Hollywood writer can just make that up yeah, unless yeah. you go talk to somebody. No, I know some crazy stories. You like might, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You might listen. You're a fighter, bro. You must have seen a hundred things. And I always, I just, I love the stories of the of the the, the fighter stories. He loved Klitschko's. Those were I, I asked a man. I was like, "Yo, who were your favorite dudes to train?" He was like, "And you could say what you want about Klitschko's being boring, yeah. whatever, but they were like just just good dudes yeah, that yeah. were highly disciplined, trained like, hard." It's crazy, man. They're both uh, they're both doctors too. Two doctors. Yeah. Emmanuel would go out there, train them. You know what I mean? It was like a stress free camp for him. He trained everybody. He trained. I think he had uh, he uh, he had like a little beef. Yeah, I think Lewis. he had Lennox Lewis. Yeah. At one time he had Holyfield. Then they got into it, and then he went and trained Bo to fight Holyfield. Hmm. He flipped over and, and went and, and trained Bo, and that's when I think Bo won that one. But he was a legend, man. Yo, as far as trainers go, like, what is it? Because basically everybody knows the same few you know this kind of the same techniques you know what i mean so like what do you think makes a trainer great is it just who you get along with who you vibe with because every trainer knows a jab a right hand a hook an uppercut combinations they all know the same basics yeah yeah what separates the great trainers from the good trainers i think is uh i think it's chemistry you gotta have chemistry with the fighter and um you know i'm saying i think uh it's just the respect factor you gotta have that respect factor and the chemistry you know, you got to be and you got to study. You know what I'm saying you got to study films. I think there's trainers that they don't study films on the opponent. You know, they just go into a fight and they're learning the same shit. But it's like you can't do that with every guy. You know what I'm saying, yeah, um, uh, a jab, a certain j- a jab will work with one guy, but another guy could probably take that jab away from him. Yep. So what's going to happen in a fight when, you know, the guy takes your jab away? So the, the trainer is supposed to have, you know, a, a game plan where the fighter can trust in the trainer to you know uh, listen to that game plan do you ever have the moments where your trainers like go there go out there do this this and this and you just there's moments where you listen to them 100 percent, and then there's other moments like you know what maybe i need to do my own thing for a sec because well, i'm seeing something different well, my uh with fernando this is only our second fight together so we fought claudie we beat claudie and uh we we just beat this guy antonio 
So, um, you know, when he tells me what to do, I, I listen to him, you know, and it's been yeah. working for us. You know, if I'm ever in a situation where I feel if I'm having that conflict where, like, oh, I want to do this, whatever, whatever, then that's, you know, we're not clicking. We're not on the same page. Right. You know, so, but, um, you know, that's not a good sign. No. You, know, you don't want to feel that way in the corner, like, what you talking about, dog? Yeah. <laughs> like, I think the uppercut's going to work. Right. <laughs> I, I, I'm not feeling you on, on this combo you talking about. Then this combo going to get me knocked the fuck out. <laughs> right. Now you're you know? thinking about so right. like, So if you start having that kind of doubt in the corner, like, what you talking about? Like, you know, it's... Bad news. But, but you know, you want to have that type of relationship with your trainer where when he tells you something, you believe in, in what he's telling you because it, yep. it's working. You know what I mean? And with me and Fernando, what, what he tells me, it, wor- it, it works, you know. How did you, how, did he find you or you went to him or were you just no, thinking I, about I changing to, up I camps? Went, I went to him, you know. Um, I just, I went to his gym one time to shake off some weight because I was fighting in Vegas and he has a gym in Vegas. Yep. So, you know, the week of the fight, I just, I needed a gym. So I went to Fernando's gym and, you know, we just started talking, whatever, whatever got cool. And then um, once I decided, once once I decided it was time to get a new trainer, I thought about Fernando. So I said, man, let me go with Fernando, and you know, it's just been working. How old is he? He's probably not. Is he forty? Thirty-eight. Yeah, he's yeah, a young he's, dude. Yeah, he's young. Yeah. He was a young champion. Well, he, he's young, man. But you gotta remember, he was. Uh, yeah, he was champion probably at twenty, I think it was. And then he's like the youngest Olympian. Yeah. Sixteen. So you know, his his career took off early. You know, he's fighting on HBO at eighteen. I love Fernando Vargas. I used to watch all his fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt, I feel like he was in the he same. Got pushed, I think he got pushed too 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 quick as a pro. Right, twenty two, he fought Tito. Remember? Yeah, that's that just was, like I think that's too. That was too soon. Like Tito was um, Tito was on at the top shit. of his game. Yeah, heavy hand. Yeah, I mean that, that that's that's probably a quick money move. That's like, yeah. let's go get this money right now, just yeah. in case. But they didn't look out for him. Yeah, that's why I kind of, and you were talking earlier like. You would like your next fight to potentially be Canelo. I mean, yeah. is you're you're hoping yeah, yeah. that gets made? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I think it's a fight that eventually it, it'll happen. But you know, I'm I'm at the point where it's like, you know, I'm not getting any younger. Let's make it happen now. You know? Yeah, let's it go, makes, man. The ankles hurt. God forbid you do an <laughs> MMA, another MMA grapple. No, but you know, it's um, I think it would make sense if it happens because you know I'm coming off you know two wins in a row with Fernando Vargas, you know, legendary fighter. Yep. You know, and it's like um, you got the whole Puerto Rican-Mexican thing. And, you know, in boxing, that's the biggest rivalry. Oh, man, that'll you know? pack a stadium. Yeah, that'll rivalry. be packed. Yeah, man. So, um, you know, and I think, uh, I think you know, Canelo hasn't fought a legit middleweight yet. Right. You know, he hasn't fought a legit middleweight. And he hasn't even fought at middleweight. You know, nope. his fight's been at catchweights. So I think it's a it's a good test for him to step it up, fight a middle middleweight at the middleweight division, and yep. you know, and let's just let's get it on. Yo, Canelo, he's such an interesting dude because that's like another kid that you knew they wanted to make a star out yeah. of in his yeah. early days. Yeah. You know, good looking, you know, heavy hitter, heavy yeah. puncher, damn good fighter. Yeah, yeah. But like you said, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. We got to see, like, let's let's yeah. go, let's let's. When Floyd fought him and what Floyd did to him, it yeah. made him almost look amateurish, yeah. if you ask me. Yeah. Like, he just, he didn't have an answer for anything. No, nah, no. So well, I don't Floyd, know what... Floyd's special, man. He but, is special, but man. But you know what? Canelo, he's the real deal. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that he's not, you know, he hasn't proved himself because he's, he's fought legit and, and beat legit guys. Like, you know, Cotto's legit. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Cotto's a warrior. 
uh, Trout. Those guys are legit. He yep. got he got some big wins. Yeah. But you know now he's moving up. Now he's he wants to call himself a middleweight. But you can't call yourself a middleweight unless you're fighting middleweights at the middleweight division. Right. You know it's a different it's a different ball game to fight a guy at his weight class. You know because I could talk that shit at middleweight, but if I go up to fight at 68, then that's a whole different ball game now. You right. Know, you got to prepare yourself for that. You know. Can you feel the difference in five, six, seven pounds? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Because when you're cutting weight, see, I'm 180 right now. Right. See, if you look at me, I'm 180, right? So I fight at 160. I just fought last week, and within a week, I already went up to 180. You know what I'm saying? so. I mean, that's got, you couldn't eat that much pasta. That's got to be a lot of water weight. You know what I mean? So the thing is, the thing is, when you're cutting down in weight, man, it sometimes it comes down to, to a pound. A pound feels like to, to lose a pound is like losing 10. I'm telling you, it's just yeah. it's hard. It's hard, bro. I remember my last last fight, should we go? Um, I was like six, I woke up the, the day of the weigh-in at 63. I'm like, shit, I'm like, look, man, call us people, see if we can make a deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm three pounds up. just make this at 63. I can't go into without a sauna whatever. right now. We're like making phone calls without whatever, but you know, they not having it, they want to make it at at 63 because the guy was on weight already so he's like fuck that you know what i mean right which i feel you know yeah so anyway it, you know i cut three pounds a day at a weigh-in you know <laughs> so it's tough bro it's no joke so when you're doing when you're making a guy when you're making a guy having to drain himself even more yep for cat fighter to catch weight you know it, it gets dangerous because at that point it's like you know you see the guy's strength Yep. You know, he's weaker, you know. The oh, snap, yeah, dehydration is real. It's tough. But then to move up and wait, too, is tough, too, because now you find a guy that's going to be a little bigger than you, you know. It's funny, man. We're in Hollywood. Everyone's on a diet. Everyone's trying to, like, well, well I got to find a secret. Just go find a boxing gym, <laughs> and you'll lose some weight. You know what I mean? Go throw on a garbage bag over your head, cut a hole in the top, <laughs> take right. a walk, yeah, get man. into a sauna, eat some great. I remember James Tony was on grapefruits. That was, like, his thing. He, he he always had a hard time losing weight. He was the I, worst. I did, he used did, to love eating. The the three pounds for the day of the weigh in, it wasn't as, as it wasn't so tough on me because um, my diet was pretty good for this camp. I did like meal prep and shit like that. So my diet my diet was pretty good. It What's like meal first, prep? It was my first time doing meal prep. Like I, I company, <laughs> right? A company was shipping me. Uh, I was getting like three meals a day. Right. And they were like protein. 12, they were like twelve ounces. Each meal was like twelve ounces or whatever. <laughs> So it was pretty. It was pretty healthy, man. Basically, you were starving every day. <laughs> no, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. The food was pretty good. So I, you know, like I said, I'm I'm 30 now, man. So I kind of do things different. You know, the way I do my camps. You know, you can feel the body I, slowing I, down a little bit as far um, as far as just, cutting weight. A little more yeah, difficult. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot difficult. Yeah, losing weight when you get older, man. It gets harder. Yo, it gets harder. Wait till you hit 40, bro. You're just happy to take a good <laughs> shit. <laughs> it makes your whole week. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, boxing ain't easy. Yo, so the transition now you don't feel yourself, you know, because some you if you if the acting stuff starts to keep going the way it's going, you know, it could take a little bit of focus away. Do you find are you still as focused? Yeah, boxing is your number one. Yeah, later you'll, you'll transition into into acting as it goes along, yeah. but you you don't feel like you're losing any focus on no, uh no. from this Hollywood shit. No, because um thing is i take the boxing real serious man and if you're not going 100 percent in a camp you're gonna get hurt in a fight you know yep so um 
you know, uh, when I'm in camp, man, I just cut down with the auditions and whatever it is, you know, doing anything on, on that. And and um, once the once the fight's over, then, you know, I, I focus a little more on the acting stuff and do some doing my acting classes, sharpen up on that. Right. You know, but, um, you know, I'm looking forward to whenever the time is for me to hang up the gloves and really, you know, go go all out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You're part of the. Uh, Rocky legacy now. Yeah. I mean, I loved Creed, but I thought that your role was the climax. Your fight yeah. to me was the climax yeah, yeah. of the film. It was like, why does he have to go to to England? He already had his amazing, <laughs> you know, one on one battle. Yeah, yeah. I uh, remember, and I remember thinking like, yeah, man, and it was a pretty good role. It was a pretty good role. And I'm thinking Michael good. B. Jordan's got a real fighter in front of him, <laughs> like as dope as my. And believe yeah. Michael B. Jordan looked great. He looked great, no doubt. He was in crazy great shape. Yeah, yeah. He looked good. But you can tell, if you know boxing, you <laughs> just can tell from the even the smallest things, a dude who is a real fighter and a dude who's playing a fighter. Yeah. And maybe Stallone did it the best with Rocky. He might have looked the most like a pro fighter. Yeah. But, you know, any I don't care if, when you see a movie, you just it's just kind of yeah. you could tell. Like Michael B. Jordan was ripped and shredded in great shape, looked amazing, but there's just that, 15 years of not throwing jabs and right hands that he doesn't have <laughs> yeah, yeah. that you're just you just can tell yeah, yeah. you know what i mean yeah, but but that was dope man i mean that's a lot that's a great break bro you must have yeah, done yeah. something right in a past life what's oh, yeah, the uh, recognition like on the streets in terms of fame as a boxer versus yeah. fame as an actor you know, as a boxer. What he's no, basically I, saying I get, is, are yeah. you cut like the, the girls chase? What you gotta no, go? You going to the club or what? I get no. It's crazy. I get a lot of like a lot of people recognize me from the movie. Yeah, it's crazy. So um, I, sometimes I have people call me Leo. Like that's Leo. <laughs> like, like yo, nah. <laughs> but it's cool though, man. But it's, it's it's a great look. It's a great look. Some people didn't even know I was a fighter. Really? And, and, and like they'll write on my Instagram, I found him. He's a real fighter. <laughs> the guy from Creed. So it's pretty funny, man. Do you deal with the social media? Like, are you, are you into social media stuff? Do you do that? Like, do you get on Instagram and yeah, all that? Or yeah, you feel like it yeah. takes a little bit of energy? No, no, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not hooked on it. Like, right. I'm not on my phone on Instagram all day. Like, right. I'm not hooked on it. Good. I don't even really go through my feed. I'm on, most of the time I'll just post something up. And right. That's it. But I'm not really into it like that, you know. Snapchat, Snapchat's pretty cool. Yeah, you know. I gotta get on that. Everyone's doing it. Yeah, Twitter. I like Twitter. I like Twitter. I like I like to tweet about the game when the game's on. Yeah, tweet about the game and when the fights on. I like to tweet about the fights and stuff like that. Where can our fans find you on social media? Oh yeah, uh, King Gob Rosado, uh, K I N G G A B. King Gob Rosado. Yep, Rosado. Yeah, man. So, but yeah, I like I like I think I like the snap a little more than the Instagram. That's what people, everyone's saying they're loving, they're going towards Snapchat. I was on the road with Saget, you know, Bob Saget from Full House, the, okay. the dad. Yeah, yeah, We were doing comedy together. He's, he's Snapchatting all day like a 14-year-old. <laughs> he's literally like, he's a grown man. He's it's 60 funny, years man. old. You know what I mean? He's Snapchatting and telling us. He's it, like, look at my story. I'm like, yo, bro, that's a picture of you like the deer of snap. The feel of Snap is like you can, there's things you can do with Snap that you wouldn't do with Instagram. And he's like, corny look. If you did it with Instagram. <laughs> he's like, look, I'm, it's snowing around me. I'm like, are you eight years old? Like, yeah. well, he's, he's like, I'm a deer now. Look, there's yeah. flames coming out of my mouth. I'm like, ah, oh, man, maybe I'm not getting it. Thing is, the thing is, I think with Instagram, you could just kind of like post whatever, right? Like, you know, if it, you know, I'm a boxer, so I like to promote myself 
Yeah. And keep it more professional rather than personal. With yeah. the Snap, is like, you know, you get, I'll, I'll, I'll do stuff with my daughters and things like that. With right. Snap. I really wouldn't put my daughters so much on Instagram. Right. Instagram's more like, you know. Because Snapchat disappears, right? Like yeah, yeah, it's after only tw- up for 24 hours. Yeah. Oh, I got to start can, Snapchatting you, everything. You can see when they, you can see when they, um, if you post something up, if it gets screenshot, you can, it lets you know. So you can see who's creeping. Oh, really? <laughs> you can see who's creeping. Jordan, you got to teach me the Snapchat. <laughs> oh. Yo, how about I met with Snapchat? They, they brought me in to write original content for them. I think I told you they were like, so I met with like the vice president of Snapchat oh, in their offices and you know, they're like. I wish ex- I would have thought about that idea, man. Yeah, they're crazy. explaining Everybody shit to me and the whole time I'm just thinking, for what? <laughs> what? I, what am I doing this for? But I'm wrong. It's the biggest shit you know, ever. Everybody got it, man. And I, I got to get on it. We got to be like, me right I, now. I like to, fo- I like to follow uh, Puffy. Oh, I'm sure. His, his, snaps are, his snaps are cool. I'm sure. He got some cool shit. He got a nice house. Shit is cool. He's motiv- it's, it's like I look at Puffy, I get motivated. Yeah. Yo, yeah. That's, an, that's an entrepreneur <laughs> yeah, right yeah. there, dude. He's always hustling, man. I, oh, he, yeah. I look at Puffy's snap. He's always, he's always uh, motivating me. I got to incorporate Snapchat into this whole Kanye thing that I'm working on. Snapchat's I'm doing something great. with Kanye West right oh, now. Oh, yeah, that's cool, man. I'm writing a TV show for him, even oh, though I never word. met him. Where, where? He's, cool. ex- <laughs> he's the executive producer of my show. Oh, where? I'll meet him on the 22nd when we go pitch the show. Oh, that- <laughs> I literally, I literally never, never met the guy, but I'm working for him. I think that's how he does it. Oh, Just get you working for him. You know, if you meet him, you meet him. Oh, It'll be man. all good. Well, yo, man, that's been a good, solid hour and change, man. No I appreciate doubt. you coming down. No doubt. Thanks, man. Uh, what do you, next fight's not lined up yet, we're looking but it at will September. be. We're looking at September most likely, but, um, you know, you never know. Boxing's interesting. You know, it might, it might be Canelo, so yeah. you know, we'll see how it plays out. Well, Gabriel Rosado, man, I appreciate you coming down. Thanks, it was man. a blast, bro. I could, I could talk boxing for seven hours mm-hmm. straight. No you doubt. know what I mean? The history of the presence. Where are you training? Are you, are you in Vargas's gym out here? Where are you training? No, he, he's in uh, Vegas. So out here, I just, um. Every now and then I'll go to Pullman's Boxing. Okay. In uh, Burbank. Got it. Yeah. You know. Well, so. stay in shape, bro. Don't don't you don't need to blow up and lose no, no, all the no, you know you don't no need doubt. to do the one day lose weight. No, no. Stay healthy, bro. Stay strong. I look forward to seeing your some of your acting stuff thanks, and man. your fights. And yo, thanks for hanging out. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Mike Young, stories that need to be told. Jordy, we're out. Miles D, thanks for hanging. Uh, peace. <laughs>